0: Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern-day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, grow understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, I am super excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Xenia Abdulova. Xenia is a public speaker, founder of the award-nominated digital platform Breakfast Criminals, and host of Woke and Wide Podcast focusing on expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship in the digital age. Named 35 under 35 in wellness by Wanda Lust and the fashion world's most in-demand breakfast chef by my recipes. A Time Inc. company, Xenia shares the power of rituals, mindful nourishment and conscious social media. Xenia has partnered with brands like Vitamix, Adidas, Thinks, Girl Up and Glossier and most recently graced the cover of Kashi Go Lean cereal boxes nationwide without being a pro athlete. She has led keynotes and workshops including the United Nations Girl Up Summit Washington University Olin Business School, Well Summit, Mind, Body, Greens Revitalize, Lead with Love, The Upside and other empowerment wellness events globally. She has been named one of the pioneers of conscious social media and her work has been featured on Vogue, Women's Health, Harper's Bazaar, and Refinery29. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I'm excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Xenia Avdulova. I hope I did it justice. Welcome to I Am Woman Project.
1: Thank you so much, Catherine, and you totally nailed my name, like someone from my homeland of Russia would.
0: I so love your name. It's so beautiful. Very exotic. Love it. So the way that we love to start the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So what inspired you to do what you do today? So I grew up, actually, fun fact, first five years of my
1: life, we're in Australia, in Canberra, My dad used to be a diplomat. I don't know if you knew that. It's kind of a secret fact. (laughs) So first five years were spent in Australia. Then when I was five, we came back to Moscow, Russia, kind of this big bustling city that it has turned into. And I just never felt a sense of belonging. And I, as soon as I was exposed to English speaking movies, I just knew that I need to be where they speak English and where the yellow school buses are and where the red plastic party cups are. I was just, I needed to be in that culture. And so when I was 20, long story short, I had the chance to come to the U S and go study my dream topic, which was fashion at the time. And by then I already was into photography. I had made money babysitting and doing a lot of other things. I basically have been working since I'm 14. Um, And I saved up for a camera. My big aspiration was to get into fashion and to do photography. And I had a blog since I was probably 16, which is crazy. And I would share my favorite music and philosophy. And of course, relationships and any self doubts and things I was discovering about life. And I remember being in school, studying fashion in San Francisco, still kind of finding my way around this brand new country, brand new way of being, and still not feeling like I fit in. I remember finding yoga, first of all, which was access to a lot of other things that I'm doing now, and also finding social media as a career. I took a course that was blogging for business, and one of our home assignments was to create a blog and create all these different categories in a blog, and kind of create these sample blog posts. And that blog essentially showed me the way of what's possible, how all the years of storytelling, and taking photos, and connecting with people online in deep and meaningful ways, something that at that time as a teenager, I didn't feel like I had offline. I realized, wow, this can be a career. So I moved to New York City, I started working in fashion Doing the same thing, social media marketing and digital strategy. And at some point, I started this side account, and it was called Breakfast Criminals. And to make a long story short, I was going through a rough time in my life where I lost my dream job. I lost someone I thought I would marry because he didn't think we were a match anymore all of a sudden. And I basically ended up without a job, with a broken heart. And also without a visa, because at the time, my visa depended on on that job. So I had 60 days to pack my bags and leave America, pack up all my dreams, leave this country, leave all my ambitions and aspirations. And in those 60 days, I think that should become a movie or a book one day, because the things that went down in those 60 days ended up defining my life. I initially wanted to give up and just leave prematurely. And in that time, I had to move out of my apartment that I had just rented, get rid of all the furniture. Basically, I was left living on my friend's couch without a job, without a boyfriend. And it's in those 60 days that seeds were planted for my deep path that I ended up on. And those 60 days was when I was shown that having a practice, having rituals that connect us to our purpose, to our hearts, and keep choosing what feels right, even if we don't know what the next steps are. That ended up leading me to starting Breakfast Criminals, which became an award-nominated wellness platform that has taken me all over the world. It led me to starting a podcast, Woke and Wired, about conscious entrepreneurship and spirituality. And coaching and consulting lots of healers and conscious entrepreneurs through all the different programs that I offer to share their voice online because, in my experience, it can be absolutely life-changing when we find the courage to step out of our comfort zone and share what we care about and truly be seen and magnetize the experiences that we're supposed to have in this life through that. I believe that it's possible for everyone and you don't have to lose everything to step on that path.
0: Oh, I love that. And I'm curious, what was your daily practice to show you the way?
1: My practice has evolved and I kind of have short memory. Um, but at the time, I was really into yoga. I was practicing strala yoga with terra Styles. It's this very intuitive, flowy kind of version of yoga that has Tai Chi infused into it. So the, it's all about getting into your body and moving how it feels good. So that was at the core of it also meditation. I had just discovered my teacher, David Harshita Wagner, and I was going to these community meditation classes. So it was finding the right teachers that resonated with me, consistently showing up, bringing that into my daily life, and also by showing up in places that I was led to by my heart, connecting with like-minded people because until I discovered yoga and meditation, I really didn't feel like I had found my tribe. I was quite lonely and I was like, is New York rejecting me? Like, do I need to leave? And then I realized it really takes some time and it takes some guts and commitment of showing up to really find your people.
0: That's so true, isn't it? It does take some time. I think some people always compare themselves with somebody else that's very successful, but yet they don't see how long it actually took that individual to get to where they are.
1: Right. You know, I just started TikTok. And I'm very excited about TikTok. It's like a brand new way for me to put all my creative endeavors together and share about living in a tiny cabin and cooking and all my wellness practices and earthing. It's like making these mini 15 second films that encapsulate all the things that I care about. And so many people are asking me, "What? how do you live in a cabin in a forest? What do you do? What do you do for work? And Every time, like, what do I do? I'm trying to find the right words to define what it is uh, that I do. But really, it's about empowering people and showing people the way of how uh, being seen can feel good and expansive and how it can set us on the path we're meant to be on.
0: Mm. So on that, what is your specialty? What do you specifically hone into or um, uh, really focus on when you work with others? So there's, um, I'm right
1: now. I'm in a deep process of metamorphos- metamorphosizing. Yes. <laughs> all the different platforms I've created over the years, and I keep asking myself, okay, I have a crystal account, I have a podcast account, I have a tiny cabin account, I have breakfast criminals. I have all these different little sub brands of who I am, and really at the core of it is. Finding rituals and practices that connect you to your heart on a physical and an onerge- on an energetic level. But when it comes to working with entrepreneurs specifically, it's really about connecting to, okay, everyone tells you you need to have online presence. You need to build your online platform, build your online community. We all know how powerful that can be. But where do you even begin? How do you stand out from that world? And in my experience, it really begins on the inside. It begins with asking yourself the question, why is it important for you to share your message? It begins with asking yourself, what is your message? If you had just one thing to share with the world and that's it, what would it be? What is it that you're so passionate about? You have this as indigenous people talk about it as the concept of the original medicine. What is your unique medicine in this world that you feel called to share with others? And then we... You know, put some strategy on top of that. We put some very specific uh, marketing and branding and business tools to make that impactful. But basically, it's all about, okay, there's all these social media platforms. How do you choose the right one? How do you talk about your work? How do you show up in a way that feels good? How do you connect with people? How do you bring value with every post that you put out there? And how do you feel excited about showing up and not feel like you're doing it because you should?
0: So for you, is that where you're at that, I guess you're at that crossroad right now trying to identify how do you make it one more compact uh, brand or uh, identity? Is that correct?
1: Um, I think what's coming through the most is there's some people that know me as the founder of Breakfast Criminals, this wellness platform who does recipes and rituals and all these things. There's other people, some of them cross over. Who have taken my conscious social media program and come to me specifically for um, creating very refined and clear and empowered and aligned digital brands. And behind all of that, really, is lots of spiritual work and personal development work and, you know, witnessing and experiencing the consciousness shift that's happening on the planet right now to this fifth dimensional reality where so many people are getting awake and present to who they are and what they're meant to do. I'm feeling a very intense and profound calling to step into what I'm doing in an even deeper way. So if if spiritual work and these more subtle energetic things have been more in the backside of my business, people get to experience it once they sign up, I think what I'm being called to is put it more forward so that I can help more people in their own process of ascension.
0: So when you talk, it's it's interesting, we just had a conversation the other day with another guest and we were talking about astrology with the astrology alignment because a lot of the astrologists were able to foresee what is taking place right now from an Mm. economical, uh, financial, not not the fact that it was a virus, but more so they did see there was going to be some serious... um, uh, uh, rare alignments uh, taking place and I did ask about the fifth dimension because I'm also across a lot of the the, the I guess the, the information that's coming out now that we are called to go within uh, as part of this fifth dimension ascension uh, so what for our listeners um, what have you come across and what is the calling for you what does that mean for you going into that stepping into that fifth dimension
1: Hmm. Well, I think the kind of the in between 3d and 5d happened a couple of years ago. I remember lots of astrologers were speaking about how manifestation is becoming instantaneous, where uh, you think a thought and it manifests. And I experienced that like there was a massive shift between thoughts becoming reality very, very quickly. And I think uh, with fifth dimension, the way it is, is we just have this calling to just simplify to reconnect back to the earth, to reconnect to what's important. There's lots of conversation about the new earth. And to me what this new earth is, is connecting with the natural world and through that finding our own authentic track of our lives by just simplifying things, stripping away anything that's not fully us, stripping away things that we were doing because we thought we should, stripping away things because we were doing uh we were doing because we thought that that's what would bring us success. So it's much more about stepping into what does feel right in my body? What feels exciting? What feels expansive? And just trusting that by us, each one of us doing that, we will be on our own authentic tracks and impacting others in the most expansive way possible.
0: Mm, That's so true. And I think there's a real calling for I was just saying that um, the other day that I uh, in my teens I did a lot of uh, spiritual work and even had my own healing center. We're talking about over thirty years ago, and that was very looked upon as woo woo uh, back then. But now, with all the you know the the uh, quantum physics and all of that, there's a lot more now research to back up. Uh, what you know once was, we, we were. It's not we were anymore because there's enough research and evidence now that we can talk about it. And I think there's a lot of people coming out of the closet now, their spiritual closet, and coming forward. And, and um, and I think that that's also that 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 lift or the calling for us to step into that, and that's the the stepping into the fifth dimension. What are your thoughts about that? Oh yes,
1: yes to everything you said. And you know, when I hear the word woo woo, I think that just represents unexpressed parts when anyone calls spiritual stuff woo-woo stuff there's just an unexpressed part of them that craves it but something in them is not allowing them to embrace it because we're all spirits having this human experience and like you walk into a room there's all these people you feel a certain energy do you need a, a physics explanation why you're feeling certain things we can't see wi-fi but it works we can't see electricity, but it works. It's the same with humans. It's the same with projects. And the idea that I've been very lit by is this idea that every project that we start, every business uh, that we take on and, and start is its own energetic entity. And so, what would it look like in this fifth dimension to act like our podcasts, our projects, any self expressions that we create? It's not us, it's not our babies but it's its own energetic entity and we give it the freedom to become what it's meant to become or to dissolve it if it's meant to dissolve.
0: Mm, So true. And I'm finding you're probably seeing the same thing that a lot of the entrepreneurs uh, are starting to shift their identity And uh, when you're talking about being more conscious about the digital brand, they are stepping into that fifth dimension. They are becoming more spiritual. And some of them we've actually had on the show, they said that it was something they know they have to do. There's a calling, but there's also a little bit of resistance and fear because of what others may think or what their tribe might think because they've been following for such, uh, you know, um, so many years. Are you finding the same thing working with entrepreneurs?
1: Oh, for sure. And you know what the first step of any conscious social media consulting or programs that we do is we clean up our feeds. Because what we see in our social media feeds, whether that's Instagram or Facebook, becomes our norm. We start telling ourselves subconsciously that this is how things are done. This is how entrepreneurs look. This is how they speak. But it really takes just becoming conscious of what do you let in your feed cleaning that up, muting some accounts, that's a magic button, mute, you will not unfollow those people if you don't want to, but you will stop seeing them in your home feed on Instagram, and starting to consciously follow people who just give you this glimmer of excitement in your heart, and show you what's possible, show you what you could feel like and look like, and kind of impact you could make when you fully allow yourself to become truest expression of you and what you're meant to share. And that makes such a profound difference. Just like becoming conscious, okay, what's in my feed is not the whole world. What's in my feed is just some other humans that I followed and no one knows the way and there is no right way. But what if I use this space of my home feed as a space to show my subconscious what's possible and consciously curate people that are already living what my heart is telling me to do. And that just Like if you just do one thing out of all the conscious social media principles that I share on my podcast or on any other places, this will absolutely change your experience, your business, your life, everything.
0: Oh, that's an interesting one. So what are some other conscious uh, digital uh, tips that you can uh, share with us?
1: One of the main principles that I am very excited to share always is this idea that just like money social media doesn't have any energy of its own. It's completely neutral. So it's completely up to us, how we show up and what kind of energy we bring. So what does that look like in real life? Well, I believe that whatever energy we put into content that we share, people who are tapped in to the same frequency that we're tapped into, they will feel. It also means that when you are consuming content, you are consuming that person's energy. And that's especially at this time in our lives, we're recording this during the pandemic, when everyone is extra sensitive, lots of people are going through those awakenings and ascensions, we are very sensitive. So it's very important to create healthy boundaries with who we follow, with when we pick up our phone. One of my roles is I don't look at social media until I'm done with my morning routine. And I don't look at any social media in bed when I walk into the bedroom. That's it. I put my phone on airplane mode. So creating both physical boundaries to protect your energy and also creating very clear intentions that when you share, you do it from a place of overflow and not from a place of, oh, I I haven't shared in a week. I should. I, I truly believe that Even if you just show up on Instagram and share, let's say, once every two weeks, but you do it from a place of a complete overflow and clarity and empowerment versus show up every day, but it's all like scheduled and robotic and you don't really care about what's going up, it's going to create a much bigger impact.
0: That's really interesting because we, um, you know, I guess we all get told that you need to show up every day um, and because of the algorithms, uh, it gives you uh, better uh, exposure. And yet I to- I totally agree with you. Like it's one of those things. I personally outsource it because I, um, everyone knows on the show, I call it the black hole uh, because <laughs> it, it sucks people in. And I, I can, I just, for me, I think that people lose the simple things in life. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked around, whether I've sat in a cafe or people walking, everyone's on that phone and everyone is on social media. And I just feel like it's taken people away from the most beautiful things around them to enjoy a walk or enjoy the birds or enjoy a conversation.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the moves that me and my fiance did, because so much of my work, well, all of my work really has to do with being connected and being on social media, being on emails, I was really craving this connect- connection with nature. So a year ago, we pulled the trigger and we left New York City and we moved full-time into a tiny cabin in the forest. We're not in it now because we were caught in the city while we were on quarantine in someone else's apartment, but I'm just really pulled towards simplifying and connection with nature as a source of creative ideas because before we started recording, you asked me where I get the names for my projects and brands like Breakfast Criminals and Morgan Wired, and my answer is I've never gotten them in like a brand strategy session they all come in a place of stillness of quiet of meditation of cacao ceremony of being in nature and i think the more we all just remember that the answers are already within the questions and already within us the more we'll remember that we don't need to take a million online courses yeah of course like we all need mentorship and support but taking one course after the other and consuming and consuming consuming will not give us the space to tap into our own authentic self. So it's about creating space to consume and grow, but also creating the space to create. That's something I'm very passionate about.
0: Wow, so this must be a really big shift for you, moving from the cabin in the woods to now in New York City.
1: Yeah, it's been a little crazy
0: (laughs) being back in the city.
1: Um, but. Yeah, but we just were able to go into the cabin for a little bit and uh, it was just a complete reset, feeling the contrast of the city versus nature just for a few hours, building a little campfire and eating outside. I came back and I slept like a baby. I think we forget how much of an impact just those simple interactions with nature have on us.
0: Mm, So true. And you actually mentioned your cacao ceremony. What is that exactly?
1: Oof, I love cacao so much. So um, I remember when I was, I've gone nomadic twice in my life. One of them was in 2016. I went to Bali and I remember I was at the yoga barn this famous yoga place and I came to a cacao ceremony and they poured this delicious hot chocolate into our cups and then there was music and dance and I just felt completely high and open-hearted and connected to everyone and dancing and singing and I was like how is this possible this is this chocolate isn't it and then a couple years later in New York City I came across another cacao ceremony and I ended up studying cacao ceremony with the person who served it Florencia Friedman And ended up traveling to Guatemala and meeting some of the Mayan elders who have been passing down the tradition. But basically ceremonial cacao is this ancient tradition that has existed in a lot of places around the world. Mostly the Mayan people are known as the ones who have been the keepers of the tradition. And cacao is known to work when it's in its whole food form before the paste is separated into powder and butter. It's this whole food product that is known as the food of the gods. And it's known to impact you not just on a physical level through magnesium and theobromine and anandamide, which is also known as the bliss molecule for a reason, but also on a metaphysical and energetic level, especially when you sit down and create an intentional space for it. So the way that it looks for me is I make a cup of cacao I blend my ceremonial cacao paste with some spices, a little bit of sweetener. And I sit down, if it's just myself, in my morning ceremony. And I just set an intention for the day. And I give thanks to everyone who passed on the tradition and who grew the cacao. I think about what I'm committed to that day and how I want to feel and move through the day. Maybe I journal. Maybe I move my body a little bit. Um, and that has completely changed my life. I've been doing it probably every day for over two years now. And... Just having this physical tool to give me the space to just drop into the ritual, no matter how busy the life gets, and also as a tool to connect with others. Whenever anyone visits me at the cabin, the first thing I do is we have a little cacao ritual, and it's just so magical to witness, like hearts open, smiles appear on people's faces, and people just relax and drop into what's important. And and especially when it's done in a circle as a community, it becomes this just beautiful, beautiful event that connects people to something deeper than them.
0: Oh, it sounds amazing and it sounds delicious. So, for our listeners, uh, what they can go to a grocery or a health food store or a whole food store and buy cacao, cacao? Is that correct? So,
1: um, the most important thing to look for is. Uh, that it's cacao paste. So even if you can't get your hands on ceremonial cacao paste, what makes it ceremonial is that it's grown in a certain way that supports the farmers and it's intentional every step of the way. So my first choice would be that you search for ceremonial cacao online, see if it's available in your country. Um, I know it's becoming available and widespread everywhere nowadays. So just Google that and see if it's available in your country. And then if you can't get your hands on that, you can just try cacao paste. And my opinion is that as long as you drink it in an intentional way, and you learn a little bit about it, and you just allow yourself and your body to have an experience that it's meant to have without having too many expectations, it can be quite special. And on breakfastcriminals.com, I have a whole post about it. So if you're curious about how exactly to make it and where to get it um, and what benefits it might give you, you can find all of that there.
0: Oh, we'll have that on the show notes. And you also mentioned spices. What kind of spices do you add to it?
1: It's very intuitive. My fiance calls it my intuition latte whenever I make my elixirs because I just go with the flow of what my body is calling for. Sometimes it's heat, so I'll use some uh, a little bit of sea salt, and cayenne pepper and cinnamon. Sometimes I want something more cooling. So in those cases, I will use some cardamom. Uh, But usually I keep it pretty simple. And for sweetener, I use either monk fruit, if I'm trying to keep it low glycemic, or some raw honey that my grandmother sources for me, wild.
0: Oh, sounds beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So I have to ask this question. During your most adventurous journey, because you have had a very adventurous journey, what has been your greatest lesson learned thus far? Wow, in the journey of life? Yeah. All your experiences, um, which one really stands out for you that you would like to share with us?
1: Let me tap into that. I The thing that comes to mind is that... Every single thing that unfolds in our lives is there for a reason. And as long as we continue committing to be present for it and trusting the divine unfolding, then we will be exactly where we need to be. And there's no, um, there's nothing but here and now. There's nothing should or could. Um, none of that is relevant when we just truly trust that our bodies have the capacity and everything they need to take us through this experience and that it's an invitation to get playful and to feel alive and just go towards that aliveness in every experience that we have in our business and in our personal lives.
0: And I think this kind of um, whatever you want to call it uh, has really called us to do that and to really be present and go within. Mm, Mm. for sure. The other thing we love to ask our women of inspiration is about pain points. We believe everyone has pain points. What would be a pain point of yours, whether it's in business or personal, and how do you work through your solution? Oh, that's such a great question. I actually haven't shared this anywhere
1: yet, but uh, I've always thought that my pain point has been not being able to outsource because I'm a jack of all trades. I do literally everything in my business. And I've always had this story in me that it's going to take more time and energy to train someone to do something for me than to do it myself. And so, you know, I've had some help here and there, but even now still, it's just me with a little bit of things outsourced. And I've always saw it as this faulty thing about me until I had a human design reading with a friend of mine, Nikki Braffman, recently and she's just this brilliant business strategist who brings human design in her consulting practice. And she explained to me that in my human design, and I'm a non-specific manifester, and you know, there's other numbers that come into play that I'm not an expert on, but the way she explained it is that the way that I work is I go on these waves of inspiration. I have this idea for a project, I go for it, I'm fully in, and then I move on to another project. So, for me, what's important is to not feel bad about getting unexcited about a project, but just to be clear in communication and so I did what I did after learning that about myself with uh, one of the girls that's helping me create content for my blog is I just told her straight, "Listen, if I haven't responded to you for a week or two, it's not because um, I you know I, it, it, it's not because I don't value your work or because it's not relevant anymore." It's because I get carried away in these creative streams. But please continue doing your work and trusting what is right for the blog based on what we talked about. And when the time is right, I will catch up with you. And so that was just such a tremendous sense of relief, learning that everyone works differently. And as long as we communicate ahead of time how we work to others around us, that have been just like a saving grace that I am newly implementing into my business.
0: So you're a great, um, you're a great start, you would be great with startups, as in starting projects, starting new ideas and innovation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I have so many
1: ideas. Come to me. If anyone needs ideas, please come to me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm a bit like you, actually. That's really interesting. And I wonder, is that, do you find that that's the type of tribe you attract, is those startups, those entrepreneurs that probably are looking for those ideas or that hook?
1: Um. I don't think so. I I find that most people who end up working with me are people who know deep inside what they're meant to do. But there's some either limiting beliefs or conditioning or something else that is stopping them from stepping up. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to think more about that though. Hmm.
0: So with when you do have someone that comes to uh, speak with you in regards to, uh, you know, working on their business and then all of a sudden they stumble across limiting beliefs, what do you work on from there? Like, how do you unpack those limiting beliefs?
1: Oh, well, we'll look at the stories that people tell themselves about um, fear of being seen is a whole module in the conscious social media program that I teach, it's realizing that perhaps you haven't built the online brand that you've been wanting to build for so many years, not because you don't know what to do, but because there's still a little voice inside your head that is afraid of being seen. So we unpack those beliefs of, okay, is it actually the whole collective you're afraid of being seen by? Or is there like a certain person in your high school that you had a traumatic experience with that you're ready to let go of and you imagine them every time you share on social media? Or is it maybe someone in your family you're afraid of being judged by? So kind of just letting go and, and releasing different categories of people that we might be afraid to be judged by creates this whole new space for people to express themselves from a place that feels sacred to them. So that's a, a huge part of it.
0: Well, and I could relate to that one. When you were speaking before about having different platforms, and and um, at the time when I was working with someone, they said just put it under your name, and I was like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, right. I can't do. It took me, I think, probably about a good two years before I was comfortable with putting everything under my name, and and it was very much fear of being seen.
1: Absolutely, and you know that's something I keep working through. I change my names on all my platforms not all of them, but some of them all the time because I just keep tapping into what feels right and then I pull a little back on how much I want to be seen and then I pull forward. Like at some point last year, my Instagram handle for my personal account was my full name and it felt like a very bold and expansive move at the time, but then it just wasn't clicking in. So I changed it to where's Xenia, which was representing me being a nomad at the time. And I think it's just this play. There's no right way. And Um, As long as we keep creating that space to try on different things, that's the only way we will know because you might be sitting on a brilliant idea and then you start sharing about it on Instagram and you're like, whoa, this is totally not what I want to talk about. It really needs to be something that keeps you up at night that you can keep talking about with everyone all the time. That's how I identify a good project and a good idea to pursue that we just are so passionate to talk about it you know anytime anyone asks me about cacao or social media energetics I just light up and I can talk about it all day long. so what would that be for you that's my question for everyone listening
0: mm, I love that so what would be another uh, module that you uh, teach as part of your conscious digital uh, program uh, for our entrepreneurs we have a lot of entrepreneurs and women and men as well in business
1: Hmm. Um, I have really cool names for each module. I don't remember them now, but one of them is about growth and expanding your community. And I think there's this uh, misconception kind of social uh, pressure thing of always having to focus on growth. You know, how much did your account grow? What's your growth? And instead, my invitation in one of the modules, and for all of you listening – is to look at your existing community. Instead of focusing so much on growing and gaining new people, how can you connect deeper with the people that already are in your community, whether that's 100 people or 1,000 people or, or a million people? There's always a way to just show up a little more. So some ways you could do that is on Instagram, you could do a post or any other platform you're most active on. I'm assuming it's Instagram for most people. You could do a post reintroducing yourself and saying, hey, here's five facts about me you might not have known. Tell me about yourself. You might do a poll on Instagram stories asking people, you know, are you more interested in cacao ceremony or intuitive business or conscious social media? And I find that involving people in my behind-the-scenes creation of project has been one of the most effective things I've ever done. The way that I created my my course is by involving people on that journey with me and having them identify exactly what they want every step of the way so that by the time it comes out, it's not like, oh, wow, I'm coming out from being a hermit and my course is ready and now I need to create a promotional strategy. It wasn't like that at all. I came out and people already knew it was coming out because they created it with me. And so because of that, I didn't have any funnels. I didn't follow any traditional marketing advice. I literally just sent out two emails to my small list um, that I had for my podcast and I did some Instagram posts and, and that was that. And the whole community picked up, I got invited on a bunch of podcasts. So it ended up spreading like wildfire and filling up super quickly all because people were involved on the journey with me. So how can you pull back the curtain on what's actually lighting you up and what's actually exciting you versus, um, Brewing something on the back end and then coming out and pressuring yourself into creating a strategy to promote it
0: it's so true you, you you see this quite often people don't nurture their tribe or their existing right. clientele they keep looking they keep looking external of where they're at to find more when really they should be nurturing and looking after their family I call I think our tribe is our family um And so I think that's a, it's a a very important point for all of us to keep in mind is how can I be more of service to my tribe? What can I do for it, But also involve them. It's, I think that's something that I can't say that I've done a lot of that, um, but definitely feedback. We always get feedback and we always listen to our feedback and we always change whatever we need to change when we receive feedback. But I love the fact that you've involved your tribe all along to get to where you are today.
1: Right. And you said the word value. I think so much of the time we can focus on what should I post? What should I share? But it's really, how can I show up and be of service? How can I be the most of service today? You know, my mantra that I've been working with, how can I be the truest expression of the divine today, whatever form and shape that takes, and that might not fit into my to do list or my business strategy. But I find that that's what this consciousness shift is really all about. It's tapping into the energy that's in the field versus pushing something that we think we should do.
0: Mm, And it's it is very much like that. I think that when we from an energy point of view, when we chase something, we're actually pushing it away. But if we're just being present, just being and be very clear of what we are creating, we are like uh magnets we will attract it to us it's we that get in the way when we when we doubt when we if it's not happening fast enough whatever that may be um we're the ones that stop the flow so like you were saying as we're increasing and moving into that fifth dimension uh and we're already seeing it you just need to think about something and boom it happens but it's very important to be present and to be that very thing we want to be yes yep Mm. So Xenia, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you?
1: Ooh, it's tough. I mean, cacao comes to mind because it fuels everything I do. (laughs) I was thinking (laughs) you'd say that actually. (laughs) Yeah. Let's keep that because it really represents this medicine that opens up your heart. And that's what I intend to do with all the work that I share in the world.
0: I love that. Absolutely. And the last question we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is to pick three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to give for our listeners today. So it could be like three practical exercises for our audience.
1: All right. So let's just reiterate what we said, because just Mm. listening to it won't make a difference. So Uh, I really, really invite you to put this into action. If you are here listening, then there's a reason for it. So number one, go and either unfollow or mute all the accounts that don't represent what you want to create in your life and invite into your life. Number two, create a morning ritual, whether that's with cacao or with your coffee or whatever else that is, and just hold it in your hands and close your eyes, even if it's just for a few seconds. And set an intention. Ask yourself, how would I want to feel today? What would feel incredible and wildly successful? And just maybe whisper that word into your drink or just drink it and and, uh, pretend like you're drinking that intention. But I just invite you to do that for a week every day and see what kind of difference that might make. And number three is remember the power of nature that when we don't know the answers when we're not sure what to do when we're feeling confused or overwhelmed we can literally go outside put our hands on the earth and just give it to mama gaia and ask for guidance and for support and give away our worries that we can't process in our human bodies and whether you do what i'm saying or you just go outside and let yourself soak in the sun or put your feet in the sand or in the ocean all of these things are immensely healing. So connect with Mother Nature.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. And there's my dogs. Um, I, <laughs> where would be the best place for our listeners uh, to find you?
1: The best places to find me, if you're listening to this podcast, that means you're probably into podcasts. So find Woke and Wired on all major podcast platforms. And breakfastcriminals.com is where you awesome. can find out. <laughs> Thank you, and our.
0: uh, Thank you so much. We'll have all of those on the on the show notes, and uh, all my dogs. uh, I have four chihuahuas. They're all um, clapping at this episode. I just can't thank you enough for coming on our show and sharing your wealth of wisdom and your time and your energy. Thank you so very much.
1: Thank you, Catherine. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or Please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you, so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.